I just need you to turn to your neighbor and just kind of touch them a little bit, kind of shake on them a little bit, and just say, it's time to wake up. All right? Now, let's tr- now, now let's try it again like you're really trying to wake them up. Maybe you need to choose somebody else, and they just try to sit there and say, it's time to wake up. That's right? And if you catch them sleeping while I'm talking, you need to go to them and say, you got my permission to go and say, it's time to wake up. Amen. <laughs> it's time to wake up. Amen. So that's what I want to share with you. Now, uh, one of the things I've, I've, I've experienced is, um, um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor Edgar Torres, but I think most of everybody here knows me. I'm one of the pastors here at the Gallon Church, but I also am involved in a youth ministry in New York City. And one of the things that we do is we have every year, we have a retreat, a youth retreat. And it's always a great and it's a blessing, blessed time of worship and praise. And, and I'm always having fun with the youth. But the hardest part of the retreat uh, the hardest yeah the hardest time and part of the retreat is the last day that morning it is the hardest part and the reason why is because the night before everybody knows it's the last night so youth being who they are <laughs> they are going to stay up <laughs> they're going to go past whatever curfew you may have said and they're going to talk they're going to hang they're going to try to sneak out they, they, they you know i'm not even talking about, and these these are kids the kids i work with with the, the christian they, they are seekers leaders in their campuses and and ministry so they're involved in ministry so it's it's not even so much that they're going out to try to do something crazy they just want to go hang out <laughs> but you know so but they go out they talk they play games and they're up they know they, they know we have breakfast at eight o'clock in the morning but they're up to like four o'clock in the morning <laughs> guaranteed that's the minimum on the last night it's always the minimum so then it's the next morning and what's my task as the adult there i gotta wake them up <laughs> Now, our, our ministry is very much student-led and student-run. So we have student leaders who do a lot. They do, they do a lot of the planning and so on and so forth. But when it comes to this part of the, of the day, I can't even get them to do it. <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't work. I have to be the one to go up there and say, okay, it is time to get up. And you get all sorts of attitude, all <laughs> sorts of responses. And you know, though, even those people who you thought were, were tongue talking the night before might, not be, t- might be talking another tongue <laughs> that morning of. But because it's just so hard to wake people up, especially when they've been out all night. Getting people to get up is not easy. Can I get an amen? Those of you who are parents know, getting your kids to get up. Yeah, I could be you in here, you got about like 10 to 20 minutes of stories. Can I get an amen on that one, on how to wake up your kids? <laughs> it's true, it's true. I, I, hear, I hear so stories from my coworkers that it's, it's just funny. So it's a hard thing to wake people up and wake people up, but, but the act of the matter is the church is asleep. But what do, we, well, well, what do we mean by asleep? Well, first let's define what sleep is. Let's start there. So here's some definitions of what sleep is. To take the rest afforded by a suspension of voluntary bodily functions and a natural suspension, complete or partial of consciousness, to cease being awake. That's a normal definition, right? It says, but here's another definition. It says to be dormant, quiescent, or inactive, inactive as faculties. 
And here's another definition. It says to be careless or unalert. Allow one's alertness, vigilance, or overattentive to lie dormant. And then finally says to lie in death. And so this is what I'm talking about when I say the church is asleep. That it's not just like in a physical asleep, but it's dormant in what it's supposed to be. It's inactive in where it's supposed to be. It's careless. It's becoming unalert. It's allowing one's alertness and vigilance over attentive to lie dormant. And even to, to, in some way, to even lie in death. The church is asleep. Let me start off Matthew chapter 25, verse 1 through 13. I just want you to get a picture here of, of the situation, of the problem. Why is it a big deal that the church is asleep? Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13, this is a parable. And we all know, and a lot of people know this. It says, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish one took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise one, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps. Now pay attention to this. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later the others came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you, you do not know the day or the hour. What's the big deal with the church being saved? You have this here parable. Now in, in, in the ancient times when, when, they, people, when the Jewish people were getting ready to get married, one of the things the bridegrooms were responsible for was they had to go to prepare to go to actually prepare a, a, a chamber for their wives like before they were getting get married. So they would actually go away and go with the, with the father of the bride and to go to prepare that place. That's why Jesus says in scripture, I'm going to step away to prepare a place for you. They were able to make that connection because that's something that, the, the, that it was the responsibility of the husband to be to do was to go and actually prepare a place. So here it is. He had the example of in place, but he's getting ready. To, and, 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 and the only person that knew how long it was going to take was the father of the bride. Nobody else knew. But they would but what everybody else would do was we prepare for his coming. Prepare for the for the groomsmen to come back and to get his bride. And so they would prepare a celebration. And that's why you have the ten virgins. They would prepare for that little that little celebration of when the, the groomsmen would come back in. But again they didn't know what time. And it says here that he that the bridegroom took his time. And so while the bridegroom took so high, what happens? They all fell asleep. They all fell asleep. Doesn't that kind of sound familiar even now? Lord, we talk about Christ is coming, Christ is coming, Christ is coming. He still ain't come yet. And so after a while, what happens? 
Okay, well, you, in the beginning, you might be like, yeah, Christ is coming, Christ is coming, I'm ready, I'm ready. It sounds like when we come to Christ, yeah, I'm Christ, I'm all sold for God, yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready. But the time goes on. Time goes on, and we go from, I'm ready, I'm ready, till I'm ready, I'm ready, till yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. And that's how it is in a lot of relationships, marriages, honeymoon is great. We're, whoo, we're in our honeymoon, it's all great. Year one, we're like, ooh, we're still good. Yeah, so year two, um, we're good, we're good, we're good. Year three, year five, year ten, and then it's uh, not so much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not so, woo anymore. <laughs> Honeymoon is over. <laughs> Time passes. What happens? We get dull. We get asleep. But what happens here in the story is, while even though they were asleep, half of them realized, remember that he's going to come back, so I'm going to prepare myself, but the other half was not ready. So even though they fell asleep, only half of them were ready for his return. And, and then we know what happens as a result. As a result, the ones who were not ready were not able to go into the wedding. And that's a warning to us. We got to be ready. We gotta be ready. So being asleep is an issue. It's a problem. It's a situation that the church, and we see it, we see it, we see it. We see it in the church, we see it in the news. We see just things just happening all over the place in the church. And then even as I look at that, because even saying myself, I, I, I sit there as I, I was studying and, and, and everything, I said, well, Lord, am I asleep? Am I asleep? How do we know if we're even asleep and what do we do to get out of it? Well, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. I promise you, I'm not going to be before you long because I don't like preaching long. I really don't. Because so <laughs> then you, you might go to sleep. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I want to share this with you. Ephesians chapter 5. Starting at verse 8. From verse 8 to verse 21. I'm going to read. It says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful to even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms hymns and songs from the spirit sing and make music from your heart to the Lord always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ what makes us asleep well it starts off he said he talks about here that we were once in darkness but now we have come into the light and if you look at the chapters before he talks about more deeper into what that kind of darkness is and even in Galatians 
chapter 5, verse 19 to 21, he talks about the acts of the flesh. And it says here in five, Galatians 5, 19 to 21, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is darkness. He's describing darkness. He's describing what it is to be asleep. We, he says, you were once in this world. This is who they were. Let me take a step back. Paul is here talking to the Ephesians church. He's talking to a Gentile church. So a lot of people, these people were not born Jews, so they're not born with the same customs and, and things that the Jews were raised up with. So he's trying to sit there and tell him, this is the way you used to live, but now you are in Christ. You were once in darkness, now you are going to live in light. And so when, when we talk about that the church is asleep, it's the church is allowing darkness to come in. You're allowing the factions to come in. You're allowing the immorality to come in. You're allowing hatred to come in. You're allowing witchcraft to come in. You're allowing envy to come in. Rage and selfish ambitions. When you contaminate yourself with those things, you get sleepy. You get sleepy because that's the things of the world. That is what you used to be. That is what Christ had delivered us from. Ephesians, I love the book of Ephesians. If you got a moment, just take the time and read it. I wish I could sit here and go through it all. But it's the first three chapters talks about what God has done through Christ. It talks about how he seated us in heavenly places so that we could be in him. How he, he broke the wall of division and, and just reconciled us to himself. He gave us peace that Jews and Gentiles... It doesn't really matter because his blood and his sacrifice talks about by grace we are saved and it is not by works it is done by him and he talks about knowing the depth the height the love the knowledge of God and, and then talks about the work that he's done in and through there is so much in Jesus chapter just first three chapters are talking about what God has done because of our faith in Christ he did the work and he delivered us from darkness and he talks about how we were just away we were lost in sin can anybody know what I'm talking about when you can say you were lost in sin can I get an amen I know about you but I was a hot mess I can say it I was hot you know what's interesting and, let me, and I need to say this Everybody thought, you know, I remember, I, I've shared this story before, I remember meeting a high school friend, because in high school I was a nerd, I'll admit it, I was a nerd, okay? <laughs> but but um, one of the kids, so one of the kids in high school came up to me, and he said, you're a, found out I was a Christian, he said, you're a Christian now? And he looked at me, he goes, why are you a Christian? What did you do? <laughs> I looked at him, I said, I can't even tell you half of what I did right now because you can't handle it, all right? But just because somebody looks good doesn't mean they're all good. I, everybody, come on here. We know how to fake it. Even in a church setting, we know how to fake it. We know put on the suit, put on the shirt, put on the tie. We know when to say hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. We know when to hop, when to jump, when to dance. We can sit here and talk about chains are broken, chains are broken. We know when to do what to do. And still, and still be asleep. 
and still be asleep. You know, it was it was funny. Um, Gary was sitting here and he was talking, listing the chains, listing the situation, listing the bondages, and saying they're broken and broken. I sat there and I said, Lord, what happens when you asleep? Because if you're asleep, sometimes you can think one thing's the problem, but that ain't the problem. At best, it's a symptom, but it's not the issue. But you won't know if you're asleep. If you're asleep, how do you know what chains need to be broken? We need to wake up. We need to be alert. If your faculties aren't there, you're gonna not going to even know what this is. So God, help us. Wake us up. Because there's chains that need to be broken, but the chains ain't going to be broken unless we even know there's a chain that needs to be broken. Help us, Jesus. We need to be awake. We are asleep. The church has allowed so much to step in. And we as people have allowed so much to step in. I was a, I, like I said, I was a mess. But God, God, has, God has done a work. But that doesn't mean I still don't got some mess. There's still some things in some ways that we need to wake up. Can I get an amen? So then the question becomes, well, then how do we wake up? We're asleep. The church is asleep. We've allowed certain things to step in. And that's what he's saying here. There's stuff that's allowed to be stepped in. How do we get out of it? Well, he starts off in verse 13. He says, everything, but everything is exposed. Everything that's exposed by the light becomes visible. And then everything that's illuminated. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. I'm trying to say it right. <laughs> that is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Wake up. How do we wake up? The only way you can wake up from your seat is if you get exposed to the light. You know what's interesting? Me and my wife, like I always got to talk about my wife when I preach. I don't know why I do that. I'm sorry, love. <laughs> One day she's going to say stop it. I know she is. She hasn't said it yet. <laughs> but One of the things we do is uh, we decided for the winter time, we, we used to have like these sheer clear curtains, but we decided for the winter time because we wanted to get some more heat in, um, that we decided to get these, some like heavy shades. So we so so this summer we ended up buying some new shades and we put them up and so, so and so when we put them up we said okay so we're gonna be able to get a good night's rest and it'll be warmer and so on so we got these new shades for the winter and they were good but one of the things we didn't realize was how good they were when it got dark it got dark. <laughs> It got dark. It was 7 o'clock in the morning. It was still dark. 8 o'clock in the morning. It was still dark. 9 o'clock. It made no difference. It was. And so we, we. You know we didn't think it. It was just like. Oh Lord we're rejoicing. We can rest and sleep. And it'll be all good. We'll have a great weekend. Until Monday came. And we had to go to work. 
and it's six o'clock and it's still dark. Okay, seven o'clock, it's still dark. Well, my alarm's going off, but it's still dark. I'm gonna go back to sleep. <laughs> Eight o'clock, it's still dark. Oh wait, it's still dark. What's going on? I don't even want to get up. I'm trying to get up, and it's uh, it's eight o'clock. Wait a minute, it's eight o'clock, and it's still dark. What's going on? We gotta get out of here. We gotta get to work. And it just happened. After a while, we realized, hold it, we can't keep these shades closed. <laughs> we need the light, because <laughs> we literally, literally, we could not wake up like we normally would because the light is what was waking us up. It wasn't just the alarm clocks. The alarm clocks were there. Wake up, wake up. I mean, we, me and my wife together, we have like, we have four, we have four alarms each. So we have like eight alarms that wake us up throughout the day to make sure. We just, we, we're trying to make sure we get to work on time. We are working it. <laughs> eight alarms all together. But even, but unless that light comes in, we can, we just, our bodies still think we need to be asleep. It's automatic unless Christ who is the light of the world it shines his light on you you are not going to wake up you're going to stay in your sin you're going to stay in your mess you're going to think it's okay you're going to think it's all good you're going to think there's nothing wrong for it and that's what's going on in the world today that's what you see in the world that's what gets projected oh it's all good it's okay that you do this it's okay that you look this preacher's doing this so it must be alright this preacher's doing that so everybody's a mess anyway so you might as well just be all happy mess together no, but we don't see it as wrong because, because there's no light until Christ, who is the light of the world. That's why he says he, the word came in the flesh, and he was the light that shone in the darkness, and the darkness didn't even understand it. He is the light of the world. When that light shines on you, that's when you begin to see, oh, wait. I'm a mess. Oh, wait, there's something wrong here. Oh, wait, I didn't even know I had this like this. Ever try, try to get dressed in the dark and, and come out and see what happens. <laughs> try to put, you're going to be a mess. Something's going to be off because you need the light. We need the light. Jesus is the light of the world. And, he, and when he shines that light, that's when we're able to see and distinguish. And it causes us and it causes to change. The only way you wake up is if you experience the light of the world. Well, how do we do that? It goes on. He says, verse 15, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. He's saying, make the most of the, every opportunity. And we hear this, and, we, and, and I've heard this preached so many times. It's make the most of every opportunity. But what opportunity are we talking about? The opportunity to do God's will. The opportunity to follow him. The opportunity to, to do it his way. That's the opportunity that he's giving. Every opportunity you have to, be, to live. Be very, that's why he says you be very careful how you live. How do you do that? By grasping the word of God. This is why the spiritual, this is why I said I was going to come back to this course. Because this is why the course becomes important. This is why, because we've been talking about literally grasping the word of God. We've been talking about reading. We've been talking about hearing. We've been talking about studying. We're talking about meditating. We're talking about applying. When you do these things, this is how you grasp the word of God. It is when you grasp the word of God, that's when you can be careful how you live. Because the word is the word, the thing that becomes the lamp unto your feet and the light unto your path. It's 
That's the thing that says in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy word, for thy word. It's, it's the word that sanctifies. That's how you even go further on in Ephesians chapter 5. And he talks about the husbands and the wives. And he says the husbands, husbands like Christ washes with the water of the word. The word washes you. It cleanses you. It's the word that does this work. You're never going to get it on your own. You can't wake yourself up. I dare you to try. It doesn't work. You need the light. And the light comes through the word. The light comes through the word. Be very careful in how you live, how you do it. Making the most of every opportunity by learning the will of God. And you only learn it through the word. You really learn it through the word. Let me tell you. I needed to say this. Because, you know, some people in the church, we, and it was, we had this conversation, I think it was last week, talking about how do you know the will of God? And how do you hear his voice? And I said, you know, some people, I think, on, I, I, and I have to say this, some people are not, there are people who are very analytical, and it's like, I need the facts, I need it in front of me, I need it this way, and that way you need to make it one, two, three steps, and the word is good for that. But there's some people who, are, uh, who I call, who they call feelers. They kind of feel, they kind of go through instinct. And, and so those people who are, are the people who tend to get mystical, and even in church settings, getting to get a little bit too mystical. <laughs> They're a little bit too out there. It's they feel, oh, I feel the spirit. And it's moving me this way. And it's telling me to do this. And uh, stand it like this. And hump me down. This is what we. <laughs> Let me tell you, I've seen some crazy stuff. <laughs> but. But you know, and and that's for some people. Their people are feelers, and they think, and they move that way. But the way you gotta balance that is with the word. And every situation, and every whatever your personality is, you balance it out with the word of God. It's only the word of God. You can you can sit there and tell me, well, I feel the Lord is telling me to do this, and I feel the Lord is telling me to do that. But if it's not according to the word of God, something else is telling you to do that. I'm sorry. I need to tell you, it's what makes the distinction. That's why Hebrews 4, 4, 12 says the word, the word is like a double-edged sword that it pierces and divides between soul and spirit. It shows the very intent of your heart. We can fool ourselves because we're asleep. When we're asleep, we can fool ourselves into think we still think it's nighttime when it's actually day. Right? So we can fool ourselves into thinking all is well and it's not. And the only way you're going to be able to know that it's is if you're in the word. So you need to grasp the word. And then he goes on and says, do not get drunk on wine, verse 18, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit. We need to be filled with the spirit of God. We need to be filled with his presence. Psalms 91 says, they that dwell in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow. We're protected when we dwell in his presence. We're protected when we come to him, when we seek after his face. We seek, dwell in his presence, seek his presence, be filled with the spirit of God. If you don't know what it is to be filled, then you need to come to Bible study. <laughs> I'm not even gonna preach it all out. You to come to Bible study and know what it means to be filled with the Spirit of God. But be filled with the Spirit of God and seek Him out daily. Seek Him out daily, every day of your life. Don't be drunk with anything else but other than the Spirit of God. Some of us would say, well, I don't get drunk on wine, but some of us get drunk on a whole lot of anything else. 
We get drunk on the TV. We get drunk on Facebook. We get we get drunk with gossip. We get we get drunk. Come on. There's a lot of ways you can get drunk. Yeah. We get stuck on so many other things instead of being filled with the Spirit of God. So we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. And then finally, verse 19 to 21, he says, Speaking to another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. We, as we come together and we worship together, as we do things together, the fellowship is what helps bring us out of darkness. It's a, Hebrews says, not, not forsake the assembling of one another, even as the day approaches. Let us not forsake. Why? Because we wake each other up. That's why I told you in the beginning, yo, wake them up. Touch them a little bit. Maybe you need to, let's do it one more time. Touch you, touch somebody. Again, and say, wake up. Wake up. Wake up one more time. Because it, because that's our job. Our job as believers is to wake each other up. Our job as believers is to be able to say, listen, God has a destiny, God has a plan, God has a purpose, and I'm going to speak to you about your destiny, I'm going to speak to you about your plan, I'm going to speak to you about your purpose, I'm not going to let you go till you go where God says you're supposed to go. That's the job of every believer. That's not just the job of the pastor. That's the job of every believer. Can I get an amen on that one? He said he made the apostles, apostles and prophets and teachers and pastors to equip the people for what? The ministry. Your ministry is to go forth and declare to others. This is where you're not where you're supposed to be. You need to, you need to, you need the ones that are supposed to be declaring. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. So again, I encourage you. I encourage you. The church is asleep. The church is asleep. But it's through Christ that we can do receiving his light. And we receive his light by grasping his word. We receive his light by being in his presence. We receive his light through the fellowship and the breaking of bread, through the singing of worship together. Let's grab on to the, let's wake up and be alert and be aware so that we can be ready. Christ is coming, y'all. Matthew 25, declare, declare, Christ is coming, and we don't know when he's going to come. He can take his time, as the brand group did. Or he could come, as the scripture says, like a thief in the night, when you least expect it. Are you ready? Are you awake? Or are you asleep? So I just want to put this challenge before you as we get ready to close. Let Christ shine on you today. Let his word shine on you today. I'm here to tell you, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. It is time to wake up. Time is running out. That's why I believe it says in that scripture, make the most of every opportunity to do God's will. Because time is running out. Tomorrow is not promised to anyone. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. Time is running out. Let's wake up. If you know that there's an area in your life where you just might be asleep, 
area in your life where you know that, okay, this is not God's will. And understand, I'm not just talking about the big, you know, like big things. And it may be there too that you think it's big. But even in the little things, where even what we consider the little things, what are you allowing the sleep to come in? What I love about God is that, you know, he still gets, we still have the opportunity to wake. He desires that none perish, but all should come to repentance. And even for us as believers, that we get it right. That we get it right. That we make hold of the every opportunity. And even though some opportunities may be lost, there are still more opportunities here to come. So if, you, if you're saying, like me, you know, there are some ways that I've been asleep. But Lord, I want you to wake me up. Let the, your light shine so I can repent and turn and, and be awake, alert, and aware, and most of all, ready. If you're like that, can you just stand with me? just going to pray because this is about business with the Father I can't do nothing, there's nothing in the oil there's nothing in the song, there's nothing in and of itself, it's only the light that makes the difference which means it's only Christ it's only Christ, it's only His Spirit it's only His presence let me, sh let me just share this I I've, I've shared this before you know, I dealt with the sin of pornography for so many years. Years. And I tell you, and I can say it, the only thing that made the difference was Christ. It's when I came to him. I said, Lord, enough is enough. I'm, I'm not sleeping like this. I can't live like this. I can't do this anymore. God, I need you. And when I came into his presence, that that's when I really surrendered. Not just said I was surrendering, but I really surrendered. That made the difference. So whatever it is, whatever it is, surrender. 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 Just give it to the Lord even now. Talk to him even now. God can do again above and beyond what we could even ask or think so father I pray for your people as I pray for myself Lord God you know us you know us Lord God you know us more than we even know ourselves Lord God and you know the areas in our lives Lord God where we are asleep where we are just just not alert, not aware, where it's dormant, where we're not doing your will, Lord God. And we're too comfortable with it, Lord God. But Father, Lord God, we repent even now. We say, forgive us, Lord. We say, cleanse us, Lord. And we say, we truly surrender, Lord. You know what this is, Lord God, but we give it to you even now, Lord God. 
every situation, every everything, Lord God. Lord God, every choice, Lord God, Jesus, the habits, Lord God, even as the scripture says, the weights and the sins that does so easily beset us, Lord God, we lay it. Because you have so much more and stuff. And we we don't want to be like the virgins, Lord God, who weren't ready, Lord God, for you. We want to be ready for you. We want to hear your voice. We want to be alert and aware. We want to be alive and vibrant in you, Lord God. And not be asleep and not even know it, Lord God. So search us again. Trust our hearts. Show us if there be any wicked thing and show us the way that we should go, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God. Cleanse us, Lord God. He that has begun a good work shall continue to perform it. Thank you for the work even now. You are the one who causes us both to will and to do of your good pleasure. So I thank you for the work, Lord God. Even now in each and every one of their lives, Lord God, we just claim, Lord God, and declare, Lord God, that they will arise, Lord God. That they will wake up, Lord God. That they will go forth, Lord God, and to do your will, to know your will, to do your will, Lord God, to be perfected in your will, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God, that they will seek you to above and beyond what they could even ask or think, Lord God, that they will continue to seek after you, that they will continue to, Lord God, Jesus, know you, Lord God, to grow in the depth and the knowledge of your love, Lord God, beyond measure, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, and that you will be glorified. You will be lifted up. You will be exalted, Lord God. And I rebuke the spirit of slumber even now. Off of our lives, Lord. Rebuke that spirit of slumber even now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Rebuke the spirit of compromise even now. In the mighty name of Every lying spirit even now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every deception, Lord God. Even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, uh, we declare your truth. Thy word is truth, Lord God. We declare it even now over our lives, Lord God. We will be who you called us to be. As we submit ourselves to you. As we submit ourselves, we can say to the devil, resist you. Even now. And he has to go. He has to go. For the kingdom of God is here. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, we praise you, and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.